You are listening to Noted, a music and beer podcast hosted by Jeff Burns and Brian Duggar and produced by The Blade. Hey guys, this is Brian Duggar, the Toledo Blade, here with my buddy Jeff Burns, who's back from Florida for episode number eight of Noted in Toledo. But you guys didn't even miss him because we did not even miss a week. And, uh, you know, he just jetted down in between episodes and yeah, man. hung out in Florida for yeah. a while. Yeah, I was in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, actually, while I was down there, man, I was able to go to a couple breweries. Um, I went to 26 Degree uh, Brewery and had a couple lagers there. And it was really, really good. Um, also went to this one uh, smaller brewery in the same city, Fort Lauderdale, called Tarpon River. And uh, I had a couple, uh, again, lagers there. And all the beer I had, man, they were all delicious, dude. Lagers, huh? Yeah, man. I feel like that's like my... <laughs> You're such a lightweight, I know. Dude. I mean... it's, it's so bad. I am such a lightweight. But I am who I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Actually, while you are gone over the Memorial Day weekend, I got to check out Inside the Five Brewing, which just opened up in sylvania and i cannot I'm, wait to try that dude i'm like so excited about this place it was opened up by uh, uh brandon fields uh, a, a local kid who actually went on to a you know pretty long and distinguished queer career in the uh, nfl with the miami dolphins he's a punter and you know him and some former uh, former uh, michigan state teammate you know they came back and opened this place up full menu you know, usually a, a new brewery, you know, starts out and they, they slowly build up their, their tap menu. But, you know, I mean, they had they had 12 of their own beers on tap and three guest taps. So, I mean, wow. you know, actually, that's not even true. They had 15 of their own beers on tap and three guest taps. So they had like 18 taps wow. right out of the bat. Wow. And, you know, they got this IPA, uh, Prepare for Glory. Which, you know, seriously, one of the better IPAs I've ever tasted. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's so much hype about this place, and I know with a lot of my friends, they cannot wait to go check this place out. And, dude, you said there was, like, a um, a line of people, right? Yeah, there really were. Place. i tell you what, people, Toledo is actually getting on the map as far as, you know, uh, when we're talking about craft beer. Because you think about Inside the Five just opened up. Uh, Patron Saints Brewing is going to open up on June 8th. I was just talking to the owners the other day, and they're they're targeting June 8th. Um, you know, Twin Oast out in Catawba Island, which is not too far from Toledo, they just opened up too. So, I mean, when you're talking about the craft beer scene, I mean, Toledo now has Black Cloister, Black Frog, Great Black Swamp. You know, upsides up in Savannah. You got Mommy Bay. Yeah. It goes on and on. It's it growing, dude. So yeah, which I mean is, that's which is like, good, which is awesome. Yeah, it's it's great for us, man. Yeah, I got all kinds of places to uh, hang out <laughs> now, and yeah, I mean one of the perks of these jobs, you know, I know a lot of these guys, and uh, so it's always fun to hang out with them and get you know kind of the behind the scenes, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just glad to stay in Toledo knowing that I can go to, I have all these options of different breweries here now, rather than driving to Ann Arbor, Columbus, Cleveland. It's great to just stay here. Yeah, I mean, it's been until the last couple of years, too. I mean, it's just exploding. Yeah. And, you know, even Mommy Bay, the new numbers came out, and, you know, last year they made 4,200 barrels, which was a, a big jump over the previous year, which was 3,500. And, I mean, Toledo, Ohio is craft beer. It's like almost 
one of the big places in the U.S. to go. I mean, Great Lakes Brewing, now number 20 in the country as far as craft beer. I mean, they they made like 143,000 barrels this year. And, wow. and Rheingeist, which has only been around for a couple of years, I mean, they're number 33 in the country already. I mean, they're going all over the place. So, yeah. But anyhow, man, we got a exciting show this week. You know, it's a little it's a little different for us. I mean, we've actually got a, a Christian group in, you know, from Cedar Creek, which, you know, this is our first Christian band. And, I mean, Cedar Creek's a real cool story because it's, it's one of the fastest-growing churches in the country. And, and one of the ways that they've been able to grow so fast is this, their music program. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, these guys are like rock stars on stage, you know. I mean, they, they put on... Uh, performance i mean obviously it's geared to the message but i mean they have lights and smoke and and you know i mean they they play rock music a little boston food yeah. fighters yeah they do covers <laughs> man yeah food fighters <laughs> they even do like bruno mars 21 pilots which you'll hear in this interview we'll be talking to them i hope you guys enjoy that their new single is just released it's called constant Just constant by the Cedar Creek Worship Band, and three members of the the band are with us today. We've got Jeff Harris, Emily Gorey, and Eric Williams. So thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. You know, it's actually setting this interview up, and you know, this is a music and a beer podcast. So we wondered, you know, would a church group would they be interested in being on a beer podcast? And you know, somebody I talked to set up the interview. They're like, well, can we have a beer while uh, we're doing the <laughs> podcast? So, <laughs> Where's the beer? <laughs> I know. I mean, that's a fair question. And we're, and we're really happy to hear you guys yeah. say that. But unfortunately, we don't have the beer with us right now. But no. anyhow. You so. are at work, so I understand this. <laughs> <so. laughs> 
Yeah, when Brian told me that story, actually, I thought, I was like, hmm, now I really have to attend one of these church services. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, you guys, tell us a little bit about the group. I mean, how long you've actually been involved with the music program and, uh, um, and what you do, actually, in the band. Yeah. So, Jeff? Yeah, I'd be happy to start. I, we started attending Cedar Creek. It's probably going on 16, 17 plus years ago now. And my family and I started attending and just we had left a really small church at the time and we were looking for something a little bit different. And we showed up at Cedar Creek. Somebody, in fact, kind of nudged us along and uh, made an invite and we came. And I just remember the very first time I showed up at Cedar Creek the band was playing Boston's More Than a Feeling. And, you know, being an old school classic rock guy, I thought, okay, this might be something I can get into here. And so we've been coming ever since. And so what I do around there, I'm a volunteer like so many other people. And so I'm one of the worship leaders. So I sing, play guitar, and uh, do any number of other things around there. Now, did you actually have any uh, other band experience? Sure. I mean, I grew up playing in bands my whole life, but uh, maybe more than any particular band, um, I did a lot of studio work. So I started doing jingles in town and have had my own recording studio for 30 years or so oh, now. Wow. Nice. So just doing a lot of things with local artists and stuff. I've had the opportunity to go out with bands. Uh, you might know the local band Sanctus Real, mm -hmm. guys from town. So uh, for seven or eight years, I was I was the fill-in guy <laughs> with Sanctus Real. So it was kind of cool. So I could get out and get my little fill of touring experience and be on the road and play in stadiums to churches and all points in between. You just uh, played the with years. them fairly recently, right? Um, it's probably been about a year since hmm. I last okay. played. They've been off the road for a little while, mm -hmm. just released a new record here recently, and so they're back hitting the road pretty soon. Yeah, I've heard some of that music. It's great. It's pretty yeah. fantastic. So, I'm proud yeah. of the guys. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. doing great. So, Emily, how about you? Um, I actually lived, uh, I grew up in Perrysburg, but I lived in Nashville for about five years. And when I moved back, I started attending Cedar Creek. My sister was actually, um, she had just started on staff there. So that was probably like seven years ago. And um, I started singing in their student ministries. And um, that kind of led to me singing on the weekend. So I've been singing as a worship leader there for about seven years now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's how I met this guy that's right yeah. <laughs> and what a lot of people don't know i mean cedar creek started like in perrysburg but now you guys have actually grown to five campuses yep. so how many band members actually are involved in the music program at cedar point wow i think i heard at one time we've got what maybe 60 70 80 or more people kind of on the really? roster yeah. wow um and one of the, uh, the things that I think is actually sort of cool is every weekend it's a different band. It's not as if we have a band that plays at our Perrysburg right. campus or a band that plays at our West Toledo campus. It's, you know, a lot of us have kind of home campuses and maybe we play more frequently at one campus or another, but really it's we're pulling from a large pool of musicians to put a band together at every campus every week and so you're playing with people that maybe you've played with a lot and sometimes maybe it's the first right. time you've ever played with them so it's kind of keeps you on your toes oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what, what is that like playing with uh people that you've never played with before i mean how do you sort of like get on a level where it's like comfortable you know you don't really know obviously you don't know the person yeah you know it's funny because we were just having this conversation a, a month or two yeah. ago because we happened to get on one weekend where it was a whole bunch of us that had played together for years and it just was really comfortable and, yeah, and that just feels good yeah i think the, the confidence and the trust that you have it's like any kind of relationship you know when you spend time with people when you work together work closely with people you kind of have a sense of where they're going what they're going to do and it's 
safe it works and it's comfortable and so when you're playing with people that you've never played with before it just it causes you to be on your toes that much more and i think a big part of what we try and do is just be as inclusive as we can and make sure that uh, everybody else is feeling comfortable because maybe it's actually their first time playing with us and yeah we're the old guys now yeah. so it's like all these new awesome <laughs> hey, speak young for yourself, people okay? you know? <laughs> but yeah i think it really refines us as musicians having to yeah. play with different people like almost every weekend and um it's been fun though getting to know like so many different people too at all the different campuses i think it's a skill in and of itself just yeah. to be able to adapt to yeah, different players definitely. different styles different approaches and make the personalities work make their musical styles work it's it's an interesting experience for yeah. sure i remember uh, going to uh, cedar creek maybe back in like 1998 or 1999 you should probably come back <laughs> sometime more, more soon right come on <laughs> i have actually been there since then but uh i do remember going there and i'm like wow that's totally different i think you guys were like in perrysburg middle school at that point right and, and you know at this point i mean it's really amazing people may not know but you guys have more than seven thousand people according to uh outreach magazine that attend your weekend services and you know the philosophy of the church is reaching out to the spiritually restless and unchurched people so what does that mean wow you know i think to me it's about you know it's sort of a no judgment zone it's about welcoming people no matter where they're at in their life whatever they're going through whatever issues they may be facing whatever challenges or anything it's just welcoming people into the church so that they have a chance to experience God and experience people and build relationships in ways that maybe they never have before and, and I think we're there trying to you know connect those dots a little bit for people to to really get into a relationship with with Jesus and right. and we believe that is a life-changing experience so right, right. Uh, like what Jeff was saying the first time he attended and heard that Boston song it's just all about creating a moment for walls to come down, essentially. You know, yeah. that's why we do what we do. I know a lot of people have questioned why we do what we do at Cedar Creek, but we've always found that it, it creates a moment to where someone who is not really familiar with church or not really comfortable with church can just say, okay, this is cool. I get it. You know, it's not just in-your-face church. Right. Yeah. Just, you know? I want to go off of what you're saying, Emily. Um, so, I mean, you guys also incorporate covers mm -hmm. um, into the set, right? Yeah. So you guys... Uh, and you can call me out on this if I'm wrong here. Um, not that I need to give you permission for that. But <laughs> so I've seen videos of you guys doing um, covering the Foo Fighters, Bruno Mars, um, even Coldplay. Sure. Um, and also 21 Pilots. Yep. You guys playing um, Heathens and uh, Ride. And Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson. <laughs> very cool. Or, uh, Queen. Queen. Yeah. Queen. Keep going. But like, one, how do you guys go about, like, why do you choose these songs specifically? And um, how does this sort of add to, you know, a way of making people feel comfortable um, when they come out and see you guys? Yeah, I think Emily made a great point, and it's, it's spot on, To We're trying to tear down walls. I mean, think about when you show up in a church for the first time. Right. You're, you're nervous. That experience is a little bit scary. You may or may not know anybody. You know, if somebody all of a sudden starts doing things that are maybe like real churchy and, and can be a little scary or a little off-putting or, you know— open the hymnal and turn to page yeah. you know 512 and not that there's necessarily anything wrong with any of those experiences in other churches but you know this idea of reaching you know the spiritually restless or the unchurched people we're trying to reach those people that maybe are not accustomed to going to church or maybe have had a bad experience and just kind of bringing them into a space where 
they can experience something that's comfortable and familiar. Right. So when we get to, you know, one of the, a lot of those songs that you talked about would typically be opening songs in a service. It might be the very first thing that you experience in the service. And all of a sudden, and it was the same for me. It's just like, okay, that's a song off the top 40 charts right now. Or that's this classic rock song. This is a classic rock town and a country town. And mm-hmm. so, you know, hitting those things that are going to be familiar and comfortable and safe with people. And they get a little bit excited. And hopefully what that does for us is it just kind of chips away a little bit and makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. So that as we get deeper into the service and into the meat of, you know, why we do what we do, hopefully we've opened their minds and opened their hearts a little bit to hear the message. I was actually curious when you're actually... What kind of limits do they put on you? Like, do they say, okay, you can you can do Foo Fighters, but you're not playing Five Finger Death Punch or something like no. that? I mean, what do they tell you you can we've, or can't we've, do? We've covered ACDCs back in black. In fact, I think we did uh, Hell's Bells as a uh, as an instrumental <laughs> opener one weekend. We've I think done, we've, we've done Macklemore. Um, what was uh, Easter covered? Um, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. You know, really? other songs like that. Yeah, I, really. As a church, we just believe that we'll do anything short of sin to reach someone. Right. And so whatever that line is, and we, we do get in, in disagreements with people at times, but you know, the key question is, is that sin? And if not, like we're going to do anything we can to try and give someone um, an experience with Jesus and, and have an opportunity to come into the church. Right? Yeah. I mean, I know that if I heard, because uh, I know one of the videos you guys have is um, The Best of You by the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pretty big uh, Foo Fighters fan, more so Dave Grawl more than anything. But yes. um, I know. I'm a big Dave Grawl right. fan too. Are you? So. Yeah. 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 And I know that, you know, if I went there for the first time and that's what I heard immediately, I'd be like, okay, right. I'm definitely going to come back here. Right. Yeah. It's just, we're, it's all about that connection for us. Like, we're just trying to connect with people on a different level than you would think at a church. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jeff, you've actually been there, I think you said since like 2000, 2001. Right. So you're pretty close to the beginning. I kind of wonder, like in those first initial meetings, you know, what was the whole philosophy when they were putting together the music program and like, okay, this is what we're going to try to do. I mean, I'd just be interested to be a fly on the wall back then and I mean, yeah, what you're it, trying to accomplish, the vision. You know, I think for me, I've always viewed the music that we do not as an end in and of itself, but rather something that that sets up what I think is the most important part of the service, and that is the message. That's yeah. when the teaching pastor, you know, comes out and is really trying to speak from the Word. And so as musicians, we're there trying to just kind of, maybe soften the heart a little bit, maybe open the mind a little bit. Your experience, Jeff, that you were describing, talking about, hey, if we open with a Foo Fighters tune, right. you're kind of like, hey, all right, this is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But if we opened with, you know, an old hymn from 1795 or something, yeah. you might still be just sort of closed off and, okay, this really isn't my thing and and might not necessarily be in a position to really hear what the message is about. So I think even back in those early days, it was always about what can we do to create this experience that gets people set up and ready to hear the message. Yeah. Right. And quite honestly, it's what can we do to get people talking too? Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about at Cedar Creek is just kind of doing the next thing that we think um, might get some attention because it all just goes back to ha- having people have an experience with Jesus and that's just what yeah. our hearts are. So um, like I had a guy come up to me this past weekend when I was there and said, you know, I just, I was here last weekend and the song that you sang last weekend was just so awesome. And I'm thinking, 
what worship songs did we do last weekend? <laughs> nope, it was Danger Zone. The yeah. opening. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Loggins changing <laughs> lives, man. So, you know, you just never know what somebody's going to connect with, like who might not be super familiar with church or with worship music. And so that's kind of our heart yeah. behind why we do what we do, I think. So I think, you know, things have evolved in the last 20 years. Obviously, music styles have changed. You know, our approach to putting the bands together has changed a little bit. How we program a, a service has changed a little bit. But I don't think the heart behind what we do has changed that much at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think we're still really focused on how do we communicate uh, the gospel? How do we communicate the message um, to the most people possible? Right? right. And I think what you mentioned earlier, creating a non-threatening environment, I think there's no doubt in my mind that, I mean, the music program is one of the big reasons you guys have had such explosive growth. Right. I mean, at one point, I know you're on, uh, um, you know, Outreach Magazine, the mm-hmm. most, one of the fastest growing churches in the country. And, right. And you guys are like almost rock stars a little bit. I mean, you, you, you do some, you do some lights. I mean, you do some smoke. I Playing mean, in front of seven thousand people. I mean, yeah. I mean, all the campuses. I mean, well, I mean, think but, about that. I mean, if you, not the rock star part, <laughs> but just more that experience <laughs> part. You know, so if you show up and it's this kind of boring thing where you know you got music stands in front of you, everybody's standing there, you know, seemingly disinterested, playing some music, staring at a music stand, not really engaging your experience with that band or that music probably is not going to be that high and therefore you know you may or may not have a great experience with the rest of the church and not not that the music is everything I, music is just a tiny little part right. of what we do at cedar right. creek but i think if we can find ways to create that experience for people so it is like going to a rock show right. it is like having that experience because i mean let's be honest it's a it's an entertainment world in a lot of ways and and I don't I hate to I don't really want to equate you know church to entertainment I don't want to make that connection but I think we're very aware of this media driven society and paying attention to the fact that we need to do something that is going to be memorable to people and that they're going to experience that Emily said something earlier that I think is spot on and that is we just you know we're trying to create a bit of a conversation and get people talking. And a lot of times we'll push the edge a little bit, you know, and just as Eric said, anything short of sin, but to do something that is a little bit edgy, maybe to show something that's a little bit edgy to get people talking and hopefully coming back. And here's something too that, you know, you're talking about it for years, the church was always at the forefront of culture, right? So whether it was art or whether it was music, the church was kind of pushing this art culture. And to me, I did the numbers last year, and I realized that more people in Toledo saw uh, or heard Trans-Siberian Orchestra played over Christmas in a Cedar Creek church than actually went to the concert. And they had two concerts. So if you think about it, um, one of the other reasons is that the church can be on the forefront of culture. Because if you say, man, I heard Trans-Siberian Orchestra music or whatever other big band, you know, music, big band that's out there, and I heard it from my church, and they did it, I mean, I think pretty good. You know, as I think our Trans-Siberian Orchestra pull off a lot of these other songs, it's like not only did they do it, but they did it well. And so that's another thing is to be, is to say, where does the church's voice stand when it comes to creating culture, when it comes to creating this sort of art? And that's why I love working with these two um, because they've helped write some pretty amazing original pieces as well. Yeah, I think for us, it's it really is, it's the pursuit of excellence in yeah. everything that we do. Mm-hmm. We feel like we've been given these God-given 
gifts, these talents, and it's our responsibility to use them and use them as well as we possibly can. So right. the effort and the energy that goes into, you know, Eric and the guys on staff at church of putting a service together and everything that goes into that. And then, you know, for people like Emily and I to execute on at least the music part of that on a given weekend, it is about excellence, you yes, know, and just definitely. doing the best that yeah. we possibly can. For Eric, sure. you were just talking about original music, and now we're going to take a listen to Run to You, sure, which is actually some of your new music. It's well, actually first, something unreleased. It hasn't come out yet. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So uh, tell us a little bit about the song and the message you guys are trying to get across when you wrote it. Yeah, take that sure. So Jeff and I have been writing together for years now. Um, when we met, we just discovered that we both had a passion for songwriting, and there wasn't a whole lot of it going on at the church. Um, I wrote a little bit when I lived in Nashville, and he did, you know, before um, we met. But we just came together and really kind of dove into the songwriting world. And... Um, so we we literally wrote like probably 20 songs right off the bat. I mean, we were just like knocking them out. But then we were like, well, what do we do with these? So uh, we kind of picked like a select few that we really wanted to develop and finish. And so this is one of those that we ended up coming together with like five songs for an EP um, that is yet to be released. But this is this is one of them from that. So that's where this kind of stemmed from. It was just... It was a few years ago that we actually wrote this, um, and it was just at a point in our lives where we were both kind of going through some things, and um, so it was just something like deep from the heart. This is what this is one of our yeah, deeper songs. I, I, I think. think you know this song to me. In funny way, constant is one of the more recent songs that we've written, and obviously that was the most recent release. Run to you. We probably wrote five plus years ago, yeah, five or six years ago, but yet the theme of both of those songs really is about God's constant presence in our lives and that right. no matter what we're going through no matter what struggles we're facing what issues whatever is going on in our lives he's always there he's always present and you know run to you is a song where both emily and i in that particular time of our lives when we were writing that we're going through some difficult things you know family illnesses and other challenges with kids and <laughs> and all sorts of things but you know just this reminder to ourselves really mm -hmm. that you know when all of this is going on you know we can He's run there. to you. Yeah. He's there. Yeah. So here you go. Here is run to you.
All right, so that's run to you, and I guess we should ask you guys where people can actually find this music. What's the best way? You know, these days well, I think well, run to you is not and released, that one's so not released yet, but I know Constant in, was yeah, just released. Constant's available basically anywhere that you find music, anywhere you listen to it, it's available. So if you're a streaming person. I have Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. If you like to buy your music, Apple, you know, iTunes and the like. So it's available pretty much anywhere you can find music. Right. And when Run to You comes out in a few months, it'll be available there as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Great. Uh, Emily, uh, you mentioned um, when did you move to Nashville, and how long did you live there? Um, I moved to Nashville in 2005, and I lived there for like five years. So I moved back um, early 2010. Okay. Um, and the reason why I ask you that is just because I wanted to ask you. Um, what were some things, because um, I'm assuming like you moved down there to pursue music, yep, sure. um, and uh, what were some things that you sort of learned about yourself down there that you brought back and are trying to incorporate into this band? Um, I learned it's a, a whole lot. other podcast. I, <laughs> I learned a lot about myself in Nashville. Um, it's actually cool to look back on that time, though, and it really developed me as um, not only just a person but as a musician as a singer definitely as a singer um I sang in all the honky tonks and bars and that's just that's what I did for a living and so um really developed me as a singer but also as a songwriter and as like a co-writer because when I started songwriting it was just I would just write little songs by myself in my apartment and stuff and so it really opened my world up that last year that I was there I really started like co-writing a lot and so that made it really comfortable when I met Jeff to be like hey let's write some music together right. um, so it it developed me just as a whole I think in my music um, it just made me more comfortable in everything that I do as a performer um, but really it's it's really cool to look back on my entire journey because I've grown the most at Cedar Creek and the people that I that I play with on a weekend at Cedar Creek have just pushed me forward. I mean, they have, they're always pushing me outside of my box, which is really cool um, that we're all just kind of like a big family and we can all help each other along in our journeys, whether it be in our personal lives or in our music lives. And so it's been really cool. Actually, when you went down to Nashville, was it for country music or Christian music? Because Nashville actually Yeah, has it was a, for country music. Okay. Yeah. It was just for music. But then, you know, when you're in Nashville, you're like, okay, I guess I'll sing country. <laughs> Here, why not? <laughs> because Nashville actually has a pretty large uh, Christian music it does, it does. Yeah. scene, too. That's the yeah. epicenter of Christian mm -hmm. music is mm -hmm. in Nashville. I am curious, um, you know, as a band, I guess, and people who go, you know, attend this church regularly, do you guys get a lot of, um, like, do you ever feel um, like, do people come to you with problems and you feel like you have to be like their therapist or something? And if so, is that is that difficult for you to do? I mean, like how is that something that usually happens? That's an interesting question. Um, I the answer is yes. I mean, I think there's something that happens when people see you on a stage and there's a platform, yeah. no matter what it is, that they feel like they can bare their soul to you and you know, neither Emily or I are pastors. So, I mean, we, we try to be careful about not stepping over into a space that we really shouldn't be operating in. But at the same time, we're people and we're compassionate and we just try to love on people as best as we can. And 
So we do a lot of listening and uh, yeah. and hopefully trying to point people in the right direction and maybe more often than not is just connecting them with people that can maybe take them on that next step in their journey, whatever their issues or whatever you know thing that it is that they're going through. Get them connected with the people that really can help them best for us. Yeah, yeah. contrary to popular belief though, for people on stage, most of us are extreme introverts. <laughs> so it's challenging when people want to talk and right. you know have these in-depth conversations. I'm like, right. I know how to sing. I don't know how to talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't sure if like, you know, since you guys do covers too, it's like, you know, if there's ever anybody that are like, oh, this song changed my life, you guys should totally cover this song. Or do, do yeah, take absolutely. I mean, we hear that from mm -hmm. people. You know, we hear it after the fact. You know, Emily was just describing a, a, a situation, but we hear a lot of, you know, the impact that a song has had on people. I think that's one of been one of the coolest things coming out of the release of Constant for us. Yes. Is just so hearing cool. the impact that that song has had on people's lives. And, you know, when we do this little thing and we write these songs down in my studio and, you know, we're recording and it's, you're kind of in isolation. It's almost like this little bubble where you're creating something and you don't really know what or how that's going to be experienced by people. And then it's like yeah. giving birth. Well, yeah, it's scary too to release <laughs> yeah. it because it's so personal. It's like, you right. know, anytime you write, it's just such like a personal experience. And it's like, okay, here's my diary to read, you know, right. it's just so releasing it is always kind of scary. But the feedback that we've had, at least from Constant so far, has just yeah. been it's been so cool to hear like all these stories. And I think that's what we've actually gotten more intentional in our writing recently about, you know, we certainly write from personal experience. And I mean, those are the things that we're going through. And I think those are a, a lot of times the most authentic things that we can write about. But we try and do it in a way and, and in a perspective that it can connect with the most people possible. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're not unique in the experiences that we're going through. And there are plenty of people that are experiencing a lot of the same kinds of things. So these songs have a way of connecting with people. It's just like anything else. I mean, you're talking about, you know, your love of Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters. I have the same thing. And, um, and you connect with songs, I'm sure, from those guys the same way that I might. And, and there's a... And there's a you take those songs and you're able to personalize them in a yeah. lot of ways. You make them your own. And I think that's what we're trying to do with, in particular, the worship music that we're creating around there is to, to maybe try and build the musical voice of Cedar Creek just a little bit. You know, try and identify who we really are as a, as a church musically and kind of what we're going through, the path that we're walking, and see if we can find a creative way to tell that in right. song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, I actually grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> where you'd have like the 11 a.m. service yes. and, or the 1045 a.m. service. And hopefully the pastor would get you out in time for football. And, and the Sunday evening service and, and the Wednesday Sunday night and the Wednesday Bible study <laughs> yes. and stuff. Yes. So, but you guys actually do five services yeah. a weekend, like right. two on Saturday and three on Sunday. Across five campuses. Yeah. Across five campuses. So, I mean, how do you keep from burning out? You do sometimes. You do. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a lot of work, but it's just, it's what our, it's what we feel is our calling and it's where our hearts are. You know, we love it and we love what we do because of the greater purpose and we're all after the same thing essentially. And so that's why there are so many musicians though. So you can kind of rotate them in and out because... It's a lot. I and mean, and especially looking the, for more musicians. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and they would contact. <laughs> Who would they contact? Uh, 
Uh, if you go to our website, cedarcreek.tv, there's a contact page there. And you can just uh, fill that out. Or if you're an attender of Cedar Creek, just go up to guest services at any weekend. We can get you plugged in if you're a musician. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's, it's almost a part-time job. Yeah. You yeah. know, for the weekends that you're on, it. I when people ask me about it, I'm like, plan to spend a good 18 to 20 hours that week doing it. So whether it's, you know, we have one rehearsal on a Wednesday night, we've got the five services on a weekend, we're in on Saturday afternoons for all the production run-throughs and getting wow. the services all dialed in. So, you know, and then you have hopefully a little bit of practice time outside right. of that, learning music mm-hmm. and, and being prepared for the weekend. So it's a part-time job yeah. on the yeah. weekends that we're on. But and you, you guys get to like, do it with your friends. Like, it's we're, right. we're just like That's a big true. family. It's just community. So yep. <clears throat> we Absolutely. really enjoy being yeah, there. I mean, because a lot of people say, oh, church can't be fun. But it looks like you guys are having a pretty good time up it there. It's so fun. Absolutely <laughs> It's just fun. so much fun. It just, like, seriously fills our tanks. So you know, it, it, it's funny because the thing that I hear more often than not when people come to me is just, you look like you're having so much fun when you're up there doing it. And my answer is, absolutely, I am. I I mean, how can you not be? I mean, you get to do this thing that is so awesome and, you know, experience it with your friends and and, uh, and hopefully have an impact on the kingdom, which is pretty special. So you mentioned like 18 hours, like it's almost a part-time job. I mean, you guys actually have other jobs too. So you have some busy weeks. Families and Yeah. yeah, just all sorts of stuff. So that, I mean, that's how I know that you know you can just tell who's really bought in because it's just it is a lot but and you know like our our special services our holiday services and stuff are double that so but it's just so special to get to do something like this with people that you love and um to do it for for jesus who we also love and so it's just i wouldn't want to do it any other way mm -mm. yeah and Jeff, you mentioned that you played with uh, you played with Sanctus Real every once sure. in a while. So talk about today's country music. I mean, every genre changes over the decades, and so how's today's uh, Christian music? Did I say country music? Say country, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Christian music. Let's talk about that. How's that changed? <laughs> I was ready to talk about country music. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about that all day, but uh. you know, I think. I was just reading an article just this past week, which is interesting to me. You know, when people talk about Christian music as a, as a genre in and of itself, and I don't really, and, and the point of that article is it's not really a genre. I mean, you have country music, you've got rock music, you've got hip hop and R&B. Those are genres of music. Christian music today really lives in almost every genre of music yeah. that exists. Mm-hmm. And so... I think the fundamental difference is just in the message that's being delivered lyrically. Um, I think, you know, when I think back 25, 30, you know, years ago to the early days of Christian music, I think there used there was this perception, and probably rightfully so, that Christian music was somehow sort of substandard to anything going on in the pop or rock world yeah. at the time. Today, I think there's Christian music that's coming out that leads in that space well it's all like you said in nashville it's all the same writers and players now on all of Mm -hmm. it so it's like it's not any less no it's it's not any less it is equal to and in many cases you know better than in a lot of places so i think it it really has evolved and even though people think of christian music as a genre it really is just sort of a label of lyrical content is is kind of how i think about it so yeah it's been interesting to see that evolve after after all these years yeah I think the whole like um, worship, I guess you could say worship genre has really like come up ahead in Christian music these days too though. And that's kind of where we are as songwriters too. Like that's just really popular right now. And that you've got, you know, all these big churches coming out with this super amazing worship music. And so we just thought 
you know, we want to develop that culture at our church as well. You were asking me earlier, you know, what's changed since the time that I started, sort of the early days of the church. When we first started playing, there really wasn't a lot of worship music that was available. Most Mm -hmm. of what we had was traditional hymns or, you know, I hate to say this, but sort of cheesy, hokey Mm kind of stuff. It just wasn't really good. So I was in sort of the second generation of people that had started the church and there were guys that were writing. We didn't have a lot of music that we felt good about, you know, playing at the church. So So write it. Wrote it. They went off and wrote it. And that became, in the early days of Cedar Creek, there was an identity there. That was kind of the voice of the church at the time. Um, And that was a cool thing to experience. And I think part of the revitalization that, you know, Emily and I are part of right now is in some ways getting back to those roots of, okay, now we're in a time when there is a plethora of worship music available, amazing music available. And the challenge to us is, okay, anything that we're creating has to be equal to or better than to even have a chance to be, you know, yeah. part of a weekend. This should service. have been right in like twenty years oh ago. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I was gonna say, I think the the really cool thing for me, kind of being in and out, you know, on staff, but also um, somewhat in the music program, is to see like we've borrowed music, you know, so to speak, from other churches that have created great music mm-hmm. for the last couple of years, and now these guys are really uh, like the tip of the spear on starting to actually create and write good. Christian music that is on par with all of that stuff that we could say, hey, we here in Toledo, people from Toledo have created this music that can now be shared with others. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Eric. I mean, we were doing that in everything, not just music, but video and just yeah. all, every artistic pursuit and how we put services together. We were beg, borrowing, and stealing from churches all over the country just trying to, to identify the best of the best and then pull those elements in and find ways to make them our own. And now we're in this mode of, okay, there's a lot of really great stuff out there, amazing writers, amazing artists, and it just raises the bar for yeah. us as musicians and creators now to find ways but to, how do we do it that much better? We've realized that we have a pool of extremely talented people at our church too right. that are willing to pursue this. And so why not, why not do this right. ourselves? And I think we have it's we have that responsibility at giving back and sharing. Right. We were the benefactors of churches that had gone before us, right. so let's create some content that we can readily share with sure. with other churches. For sure. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned studio earlier. Yeah. Um, how often? Uh, okay. So when you guys are writing music, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to sound negative asking you this, but um, do you feel? Because let's be honest, like I have a I have a lot of friends who just don't go to church at all, mainly right. because of what you what we're talking about. You know, it feels you're just not not comfortable. I guess I should say, if sure. I'm being honest. And uh, when you're writing a song, right? How do you feel? Um, do you feel limited, or like, is there anything going through your mind that's like, okay, we should make a song that's gonna you know hopefully catch the attention, just like a Bruno Mars song. You know, if someone heard a Bruno Mars song, you know, hopefully. Should we try to write a song that's going to yeah. sort of be as appealing to that? Or mm-hmm. is that thought even going through your heads uh, when you're writing a song? I think it used to a little bit, like trying to appeal to the masses a little bit more. But now I feel like we're at this place where we're, we're just kind of writing what's on our hearts. And I don't know. I, I don't think we're necessarily writing for that purpose anymore. I like think we used to. I think any artist is influenced by other artists that they love and so there's always these little elements that come into what you do and how you create and I think Emily's right there was a time when 
we, man, I wish we could do what so-and-so does and let's try and do more of what so-and-so does. And I think now more than ever, we're just trying to, to find our own identity, our own voice. And for us as writers, that comes back to, we just have to write from an authentic place, yeah. you know, of just what's on our heart at that time. And, and, you know, we don't, Emily and I don't write just for the church and there are other writers that don't just write music for the church. So we'll write whatever we're feeling in that moment. And, you know, yeah, maybe this got is some a, like Adele civil sure. war sounding stuff <laughs> yeah. in, in our repertoire, but bad breakup songs, <laughs> I mean, you name it. So it kind of yeah, runs the gamut, but we try not to limit ourselves. I mean, you use that term to, to what we're, we're creating. We just sort of go where the, the muse takes yeah. us, so to speak yep. in that moment and then figure out on the other side of that. Okay. So what, what's the home for this? Where's the place for this? Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, Jeff and Emily and uh, Eric, uh, we really appreciate you coming down here. We're going to leave you guys with a, one more Cedar Creek song. It is done. Anything you want to say about this song before give it a listen? Uh, yeah, it's funny. You asked, do we write intentionally for something? Well, that was a song we this wrote very <laughs> intentionally. And that was a song that we used in our Easter services last year. And uh, it is a song about, you know, that everything about the Easter story. And uh, so we wrote very intentionally for that service and put that, it's part of an EP that uh, we released last year that came out around the Easter time frame. So yeah, we wrote very intentionally for that one, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess one more time, I mean, where can people find out about your music and about Cedar Creek? So look for Cedar Creek Worship anywhere that you listen to music. So any online streaming services, places you buy music, um, you'll find this there. And Eric, there's probably some stuff on the website. Yeah, just uh, cedarcreek.tv or cedarcreek.tv, um, at cedarcreek.tv on any social media. But if you go to cedarcreek.tv slash constant, that'll give you all the downloads for the, the latest release constant for you know whatever it is you're, you're looking for, whether it's stream or, or to purchase. All right, guys, thank you again. And once again, this is It Is Done. That was Jeff, Emily, and Eric uh, from the Cedar Creek Worship Band, and uh, that was a really cool interview, man. That was, uh, you know, they seems like a really interesting thing, you know, that that they're doing with Cedar Creek Church. You know, I really do enjoy it. Like, 
you know, as we've talked about before, I mean, they they really put on a, a great performance. It really is kind of going to a performance. And if you've ever been to, like, any of their Christmas shows, it's just unbelievable, the music they do. And it really does appeal to people. So, I mean, good for them. I mean, it's yeah. good stuff. I mean, it's high-quality stuff they're putting out. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, you know, it makes me excited, too. It makes me actually want to go to a service, you know. It makes me feel like I would be comfortable going to that kind of a service. But, you know, we have another great show coming up um, next week with a Bowling Green rock band um, called American American Spirits. And uh, they've been around for a little over a year now, I believe. And uh, they're they're one of those local bands that I feel is, um, you know, they've been gaining a lot of attention lately, specifically for their song, Say La Vey. And the music, they have a music video out for it right now um, as well. And I think I checked... I just recently checked at the number of views it had, and I think it's past 16,000 views. Um, and it's a really, really good song. And we'll talk about their music next week when they're here in the studio. And um, they also um, host a lot of DIY shows um, and they at their house uh, in Bowling Green. And it's called The Summit Shack. And it's a house, but most of the shows go on in their garage. And I've been to several of the shows, and it's always packed with like 100 people in this tiny garage. And um uh, it's these other DIY bands traveling from other states, um, you know, they'll come and play at this place. So it's pretty, pretty cool. And I, I can't wait to talk to these guys. So it's going to be another, uh, another cool show, man. There's so much going on in the Toledo area, you know, music scene. And it's pretty exciting for me. And I'm sure for you too, to just tell people about some of this. I mean, what, you know, whether it's the Christian music and you're talking about these guys have shows in their garage, you know, <laughs> you've got pop-up concerts going on with yeah. Rover and, and it's just a lot of really quality music being made. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting for me to yeah. tell these people's story. For sure. Yeah. They're all good. It's just Toledo is so overlooked, I feel like. So it's really cool to bring, you know, this and showcase this to people here in the area. So, uh, but that about wraps it up for this week and uh, we'll see you episode next week. Episode eight. Episode eight, man. We'll see you next week, guys.